today on Media Download. From Montclair State University and WMSC-FM, the latest on technology. Digital privacy is a concern. Streaming is king. It's trending now. And media issues. Let's start with the presidential campaign. The frontrunner is firmly in the lead in every national poll. What's the press's responsibility? I will not give him the credit he probably sought prior to this horrific and cowardly act. And top business headline news. It's online streaming versus Hollywood. Curated by your host, Meryl Brown. Hello and welcome to Media Download. I'm Merrill Brown, Director of the School of Communication and Media at Montclair State University. Back on Season 1, Episode 5 of Media Download, we talked to David Pakman, a venture capitalist and co-creator of Apple Music, about how the music industry was forever changed with the rise of digital technology in music sales and distribution. Since then, the Recording Industry Association of America has announced that streaming will count towards song and album sales. I'm joined today to talk about this by Chris Polland, founder and president of Eclipse Records, a boutique indie record label here in New Jersey. He was an early adapter of new technology, becoming one of the few indie label labels to first land a direct digital distribution deal with industry giant iTunes, and soon after that he secured a deal with Sony to collect streaming royalties. He has seen the changes in consumer consumption habits from compact discs to downloads and then to streaming. As a rights owner, he'll share his perspective on the latest changes and his thoughts on where the industry is headed. Thank you for joining me, Chris. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here at Montclair State. Um, The independent music business is, shall we say, tricky. Yeah. Tell us what it's like, just uh, before we get started into the details, of what it's like to be an entrepreneur in in music. Well, it's exciting because uh, I like dealing with things I'm passionate about. And when I find a band that I think people need to know about, I get excited and I work hard. Um, As far as being in the industry, being an indie in the industry, uh, it is tough because there's giants out there that are very, very big, that have lots of influence on everybody in the industry. And I'm a small little guy. I'm like the tadpole in the pond and the big mouth bass is swimming around right behind me. And for our listeners, yeah. share with us a couple of the artists that uh, you've developed and been successful with. Uh, probably the most successful band that we've worked with is a band called Mushroom Head from Cleveland, Ohio. They're a hard rock uh, alternative metal band. They wear costumes. They're quite crazy looking. Uh, they were part of the whole 90s new metal rise with Slipknot and Mudvayne. They were one of those four big bands in that whole segment of uh, rock music. Um, Another one is a band called Scum of the Earth, happens to be my uncle's favorite name for a band. Uh, It was also from the old days, WKRP in Cincinnati, remember that? Yeah, they took that name from there. That's the guys from Rob Zombie and System of a Down and Power Man 5000. They started a super group on the side, and I worked with them for about seven years. And uh, now the most notable band we're working with is a band called The Breach of Silence. They're new, they're up and coming. I'm working on putting out their third album now. And uh, it's exciting because I'm a real fan of the band. And in, in the sense that a YouTube talent, a YouTube comic, let's say, at the end of the day, his or her goal really is to get a half-hour sitcom on NBC. What is the goal of a band that you all work with? Is it to get a deal with a big brand name label, or do they think and do you think you can make them into the large-scale successes they hope to be? Yeah, it used to be that. The way we used to kind of do things was we would develop a band to the point where we could sell their contract to a major label. That's kind of how it always went in the past. But as the digital industry has 
opened the doors and those barriers are no longer in the face of an independent artist or an independent label, the indie bands are kind of being a little more intelligent with the deals they're doing now. And they see that they can make more revenue with a smaller label because the smaller labels are more flexible in terms of their deal points versus a major label that's looking for a very, very large piece of the pie. Uh, let's talk about the economics of all that. So we're coming to grips, I guess, with a in the music industry now with how to compensate people in the brand new world of streaming, uh, Pandora, Spotify, and so forth. How is that pricing model evolving? Slowly. Not, not, too slowly yeah. from your point of view. No yeah, doubt. way too slowly from my point of view. Um, it, it's cool because seeing it change, and it's headed towards a very promising thing. The thing now is that not enough people are streaming for it to be sustainable, both, both from the VC standpoint for these companies, as well as the artist and the rights holder standpoint. So as more and more people come on and start streaming, I think that eventually it'll become a sustainable model. But right now what we're seeing is that uh, people are slowing down in adopting streaming technologies. So where it was a very steady increase and going towards now, what they're doing is they're either streaming for free on the free platforms of streaming or the the free plans of streaming, or they're not... um, they're doing alternative measures for uh, consuming music. So I think that uh, as it shifts over the long term, it will eventually get to something that's sustainable for the rights holders as well as the tech companies. But still, these tech companies, they're losing money every year, millions and millions of dollars. And us as rights holders, our revenues are dropping while our transactions are increasing. I mean, technically, you think your transactions go up, your revenue should also go up. But in reality, because of the offset and people shifting from downloads where transactions wholesale, a rights holder is seeing 70 cents per single download or a stream, a rights holder is seeing about half a cent per stream. So a half a cent per stream, half a cent per stream on average. It depends on the service it takes place in and the territory that that stream takes place in as well. But on average, that's about what it works out to be. So if you could wave a magic wand and get this right, what would you really like the industry to do? Oh, that's a tough question. Uh, What I think that should really happen is, see, I think that there's no going back. We can't turn off the knob on streaming. I think it's here to stay. And it's great because it solved a lot of problems. uh, But... I think that rights holders need to be more fairly compensated. Obviously, I have a biased opinion on that. Um, So with that said, I think that the great thing that streaming has done is it allowed us to compete with free. Free meaning the alternatives of obtaining downloads or music illegally. So we have a way to compete with free now. And that solved that problem for us. Because before streaming, it was either downloading and purchasing or stealing. And it's very hard to compete with free. But with streaming, we have a way to compete with free now. And people want to do the right thing. They want to support the bands they love. They want to support the music that they love. And giving them that is great. I think that more people, as they adopt the streaming models, it will come into play. But we're not quite there yet. So we need to somehow speed up that process. But the conventional wisdom has been for some time that if you want to be a successful artist, um, you had to do lots of other things in order to uh, gain fame and fortune, like 
really tour all the time, yeah. like build your brand, do things differently. Right. Is that still the model or is are the yeah. economics settling down? No, it's still the model. It's actually a little more so the model now because the industry has been shifting over the past 10 years to one based on the con- based on the purchase of music to one based from one based on the purchase of music to one based on the use of music. So as we see, the use of music generating revenue through streaming, also through publishing, also through synchronization of music with audio, such as commercials or video games or music soundtrack or movie soundtracks, those types of things. So our business model has kind of focused a bit more on those things now, as opposed to where we were mostly dead set target on sales. We're not so much focused on sales as we used to be. Sales still make up about half of our revenue, but we've seen the shift happen and it's easier to go with the flow than to try to resist it because if we resist it we'll lose and another shift that's happened is that the whole marketing paradigm is completely different than it was five six seven years ago it's all about mastering social media um the the new search not the old search tell us what the mastery of social media is all about well it's easy to get lost in that and a lot of bands they have the wrong idea on it they think the more facebook likes they have or the more twitter followers they have the more records they're going to sell and it's really not about that what it is about what we've started seeing is really working effectively for us is tracking engagement through social media, through our analytics and our metrics. So what we're doing now is like a big part of our marketing for music is we're putting out, like when we put out a press release, uh, we'll put a post on our website and that URL is tagged with a tracking pixel. Those tracking pixels allow us to know who's reading those stories or who's clicking on links from those stories that are out there in the social media stratosphere through, uh, it's called a targeting pixel that goes on someone's browser. So that way we can remarket them. We can remarket to them either through Facebook ads, through Twitter, or through Google AdWords or Google AdWords for video. So we're able to hit those people multiple times through different platforms with the same product that we're trying to push to them. And marketing 101, as we all know, multiple impressions on the same thing for someone who's expressed interest initially usually equates to some sort of revenue, whether it's a sale or a stream or maybe a ticket sale or a t-shirt sale. Merchandising is another thing we've gotten into too. So the social media thing is is also largely about the combination of Google search and YouTube. YouTube is very important to your business now. Tell yeah. us why. What I've seen is a direct correlation between what videos are popular on YouTube versus what songs we sell or what songs stream the most when I'm looking at analytics and transaction reports from our distributor. So we see a video for a single, if we put that out, we'll always see much more traction on the song for that video across all forms of revenue coming in, whether it's streaming or downloads and web traffic too. So YouTube is a key metric for us. If we can make something happen on YouTube, it's a good indicator that that song is where we should focus on other marketing ways, whether that might be the next single that we choose to go to radio with or the next song we do a video for. Um, A lot of the things we do too is we'll put full album streams on YouTube as well, not just official music videos. So we'll put the whole album up on YouTube to stream as well. And we look at the metrics for the whole album versus just a music video. And it kind of gives us an opportunity to pick based on which songs from the album people are streaming as to which song may or may not be the next single. 
Um, most of us don't know Eclipse Records. Someday all of us will, I assume you hope. Yeah. What's your dream for Eclipse? What do you really want it to be? I just want it to grow. I want to hire more people. I want to be able to do more. I would like to put out more releases per year. Right now we're averaging about two to four. Um, and it gives me the opportunity, putting out a small release schedule, to really focus on artist development. Like We won't just put out a release and move on to putting out the next release. We work a record for a good six months to a year after it comes out and three months leading up to it coming out, sometimes as far as six. I want more people on board. I want to have a bigger staff so we could do more product but still give it the attention like that because without that attention, artist development, I think it's like an, a lost art. Bands need development. They need time to grow and to blossom, and it takes time to recognize what's working with them and to get it out there. When, when big stars take a stand on streaming-related issues, the highest visibility one would be Taylor Swift. How do you react to that? Is that in your corner, or is that causing you headaches? From a financial standpoint, I think it's in my corner, but I have to recognize also that from the consumer standpoint, what if someone... Spotify is the only way they get their music, and Taylor Swift withholds their album. It's called We call it sunsetting. What if she sunsets her album from Spotify? That fan can't get the music. So what are they going to do? They're going to download it illegally if they really want it. And that's still easy to do with Taylor Swift? It's not uh... Sure. Yeah, there's so many torrent sites that are beyond the far reach of copyright law. So if you were advising Taylor, you would have her take a different tact when she gets all this attention about her streaming well, strategies? No. Because my interest is with generating revenue, not necessarily consuming music. You know, So whereas I'm a fan, I want to consume Taylor's new album. But whereas I'm a label, I want to generate revenue. So obviously when you sunset something, especially if you're a superstar artist like that, not necessarily developing artists that nobody knows, but if you're a superstar artist like that, you have the leverage and the muscle to be able to do something like that and pull it off. And much more money. We've seen it with Adele, too. You know, these superstar artists, if they sunset something and withhold it from the streaming services, people are such fans that they'll go buy it. A lot of them will because they will consume music if they really like it because sure. they're so in love with that fan, that band. That band Whereas if it's a developing artist or someone small, if that strategy's tried, it won't work. Before we let you go, give uh, the consumers uh, and the audience, and we're all consumers of music, of course, some advice on how to consume if you were to start fresh, you were a newcomer to the music industry, what would you subscribe to? How would you get your music? Uh, I would just explore playlists on iTunes and Spotify. Follow people who you think are cool, uh, who think you have similar music tastes to, and see what they're listening to. Uh, one of the great features about Spotify is that you can see people, you can follow people, and you can see what they're playing in real time. Uh, it's a great way to discover some new music. Also, Pay attention to their recommendations on Amazon. Um, they are very good at providing similar songs. Uh, Pandora does a great job at that, too, through their algorithms. And that's really the good news for me as a consumer, certainly. I love to see what my friends are listening to, and that's the brave new world of social media and where it intersects music. And for me as a consumer, that's a great opportunity, and thanks yeah. for illuminating us and all that. Thanks for having C me. Come back next time, and we'll talk about what will be the next model, because the model today won't be the model in two years, right? That's right, yeah. Um, thanks for coming. Thanks. If you'd like more information about this episode of Media Download, you can email us at gm at wmscradio.com or call us at 973-655-3135. Reporting from the studios of WMSC at Montclair State, I'm Merrill Brown. Thanks for listening.